It is the end of the year. It is the end of the year. It is the end of the season. The end of my wits. This is the (laughs) season finale episode. Hey! Of what, may I ask? Of season four. Of? Of our podcast. Yeah, which is? Uh, Mike and Matt's Excellent Adventure. No, no. No. The Media Boat Podcast. Hello, this is the Media Boat Podcast. Today is uh, not a Wednesday. Today is a Thursday. Today is Thursday the 26th. Post-Christmas hangover. Christmas. And all through the house, nobody was there because everybody's tired. Yep. Uh, Still there. Yeah, this is the Media Boat Podcast. Like he said, uh, this is our last episode, proper episode, or normal episode, Mm -hmm. of this year that was 2019. Um, Also, of the fourth year of our show, which we called Season 4. So, the next time you hear a regular show from us... It will be the new year. It'll be 2020, a new decade, and a new season of our show. And it will also be on a Thursday. It will also be on a Thursday, because holidays mess everything up. Yeah, they especially do. Especially when they fall on Wednesdays, like they do this year. Uh, Except so, for next year. Next year, we're going to have a bunch of weekend holidays. Yeah, that'll be nice. It's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, so uh, in case you don't know what we are, the Media Boat Podcast is a show that brings you news and thoughts about... Television, movies, video games, music, not necessarily in that order. But not even in that order for this episode, as because it is the holidays and news is very, very sparse, we're going to do something different. We're going to run through quick news stories for about the first half hour and then delve deeply into the number one film of the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to tell you what that is. You know uh, what that is. We'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, uh, just a little real quick thing. Um, uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. And I'm going to help us go, just burn right through everything, if that's all right with you. Yeah, I mean, I just want to mention real quick before we started. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know, uh, concurrent with this uh, this week, we are also in the midst of our year-end wrap-up episodes. So oh yeah, we do that. If you haven't seen those, that's because you may not be subscribed to our podcast feed. If you're not, please go ahead and subscribe because you're missing out on some good year-end content. We have, so far, wrapped up the year in television and the year in music. Will be tomorrow's episode. Will be tomorrow. This week, I'm saying. Yes, this week. This week. Um, so, yeah, if you, those uh, sound good to you, tune in and download those uh, yesterday and t- tomorrow, respectively. Yes, you and can then, figure out what... You can listen to... Uh, let's talk about all the news cycles of yeah. the past year, and then crown media boat podcasts. Yeah, number one, number one show, show and number and one album. album. And then uh, next week we will have um, special year and wrap up episodes for movies and video games. So look forward to those as well. But but, but first, first day. we have a regular po- uh, podcast. Have show. A regular ass podcast to blaze through here. And then so. we, we always start with movies. We always start with movies. And we always start movies. With the weekend box office. We sure do. And we uh, made a prediction here. Yes. Uh, that, well, you were on the money. Yes, I was. As number one, Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars. Star Wars, episode colon nine, colon. Yes, Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Open to $177 million. It sure did. Uh, which last week you said was going to go over 200. I thought we had had such a crazy year that it could happen. Um, but no, didn't quite make it. Yeah, well, you did. we did try and note that um, Force Awakens opened to 250. Yeah. 
Well, I got some numbers. Okay. Last Jedi opened at $220 million. Yeah. Rogue One opened to $155 million. Uh-huh. So it just did barely middle. better than Rogue One, but yeah. still didn't crack the 200 like the previous two entries did. That is strange. Yes. That is very strange. And that's why I predicted the way I did, because it's like, well, it's a mainline Star Wars film. Surely it'll do better than the spinoffs. But well, only marginally so. Everything did better than yeah. Solo. Well, yes. Most things do better than Solo <laughs> this year. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, we'll get to more Star Wars talk a little later here. Uh, number but. two, we have Jumanji 2, the next level, with $26 million, Yep. And that makes it over the $100 million mark. Yeah. Uh, number three, we have Frozen 2 with another $13 million, adding to its $387 million total. <laughs> At number four, your other debut film, Tats. The Kitty Cats. Yeah, those, those darn cats. As a $6 million opening. Oh, boy. Opening. Uh, well, that thing is getting trashed critically, so... Yes. Uh, last I saw, there are some cast members who have yet to even see their own film. <laughs> <laughs> if that's any indication of how that's bad it is. pretty good. And number five, continuing in the number five slot, Knives Out with another $6 million, bringing its total to $89 million. Good for it. I can see that creeping across the 100. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but as it is, we have Christmas last yesterday, Wednesday. Right. So we have Christmas movies, uh, including Spies in Disguise. This is, by, by what you mean is, these are new releases. Yes. Well, <laughs> technically, releases. that we didn't talk about last week because, because they were Christmas releases. Right, because Christmas yeah. releases. Okay. So where are they? We have Spies in Disguise, right. Will Smith animated pigeon movie. Yes, it sums it up. Uh, say <laughs> that line back in the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith animated pigeon movie, yep. Who has seen that coming? Uh, we also have Little Women. Yes, uh, Greta Gerwig's directed uh, adaptation of Little Women. Yep, we also have Just Mercy, the Michael B. Jordan right. uh, led film. Yes. And we have 1917. Yes, the movie. Nineteen seventeen about nineteen seventeen <laughs> about World War One by Sam Mendes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's the Sam Mendes. Yeah, one. one of the Bond people. So yep. Sam Mendes, I picked right. Yep. And those are your three new releases for Christmas. Something for everybody. Something for the kids. Something for uh, general audiences. I believe Little Women is a PG movie, and um, and then something for the grandpas. And I don't know. I would say grandma would say something for the Oscar base. Sure, but we'll see. We'll see. Actually, I bet I would put money on Little Women getting nominated way more than 1917. I will take that bet. Okay, shake. Water bet. All right. All right. Uh, that brings us right into news. All right. Uh, for movie news, because it is the end of the year and end yes. of the decade, uh-huh. the Hollywood Critics Association yes. has named the Canadian board director, Dennis Villanueva, as hey, their guy. filmmaker of the decade. I mean, they're not wrong. Uh, he will receive the honor at the association ceremony on January 9th. Villanueva is best known for directing the critically acclaimed films, Prisoners, Mm-hmm. Sicario, uh-huh. Arrival, uh-huh. and Blade Runner 2049. All of those. His eight films have grossed $700 million at the box office, 
And his next projects include Dune, which stars Oscar Isaacs, Mm -hmm. and an adaptation of Joe Nesbo's crime novel, The Sun. The Sun. So, do you agree with this pick? I mean, hmm. I mean, he's a talented guy, and definitely if you're thinking of like a short list of uh, directors who really proved themselves this decade, Mm -hmm. he's definitely up there. Um, I would have liked to have gone with Alfonso Cuarón. I mean, yes, but also he was kind of a known quantity going into this decade. Right, but just because you're not, just because you're I a known know, quantity doesn't mean not, doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it. But, but what I'm saying is, if they were focusing on like who made an impact in this decade more than previous decades, what about Alejandro Inarritu? Inarritu, uh, you could make an argument for that. Although I think since Birdman, he did The Revenant. Yeah, but really. Like, the conversation has kind of... You got Leo as Oscar. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I would like to believe that Leo got Leo's Oscar, but sure. Uh, that's one way to look at it. I don't know. I get the argument, is what I'm saying. I'm not mad at the choice, but yeah, I get what you're saying also, which is, I do wonder who else was eligible and just missed the mark. I mean, you could even say the Russo brother, because all those films came out this decade and had yeah. bigger impact. Yeah, but think Critics Association. Yeah. They're not going to go for the big popular movies. Right. No, so they're right. going to ignore the Marvel directors. Oh, well, like I said, like, in terms of critical success, yeah, I can yeah. see why they went this route. Yeah, it, it, All the films have been critically successful. Not necessarily <laughs> box office successful, right. key, but critically key, yes. successful. Which is what they're doing. So, right. makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, Let's move right into TV then. Why not? Uh, in the world of sports, we have the NBA Christmas blowouts. Yep. Uh, Blowed out of Christmas right there. Five games, I think. <laughs> one, two, three, four games. Four NBA games, and each one of them was over 10 point blowouts. Yeah. Double digit blowouts, so congratulations. Um, the only one that was close was the Battle for LA, Lakers versus Clippers, which actually brought in. The highest ratings for the entire uh, NBA slate of yeah. Christmas Day. I bet. Yeah. So congratulations. Uh, basketball continues to be basketball. It sure does. And sports continue to do sports. <laughs> uh, in a, so, but our main story for TV is also a sports story. Um, as CBS will no longer be the home of the SEC. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, for their football games following the 2023 football season. CBS has decided to exit negotiations after making an aggressive $300 million bid per season. Uh-huh. Uh, which was a massive increase from the $55 million it currently pays annually. Instead, a CBS sports executive decided to make it more decided it made more sense to invest that money into other sports. Currently, all indications are that the package will move to ABC, ESPN, and possibly Disney's streaming platform ESPN+. Plus. Hmm. With over $300 million per season, the deal would include 15 to 17 football games, including the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. This would also give ESPN a stronghold on all SEC games and most of the other big titles as well, or big conferences as well, as they do their college game days. Yeah. 
I mean, if you're an ESPN, this is a good, pretty good get. Like, this is, this is a lot of games. Right. But do realize that CBS put up $300 million, and then the SEC said, we have higher bids. <laughs> yeah. So imagine how much they spend on this. But if any company has the money to spend on things, it's Disney. Right. But are you really... I mean, don't forget, SEC has their own network, the SEC network, sure, where they can show stuff. That's a, like a deep cable network. That's a premium cable network at this point. It's not going to reach as many people as ESPN is going to. Mm-hmm. It's a smart deal for both of them, I think. It, no, it definitely is, but it's a, that's a steep price ticket, especially yeah, if, but I mean, you oh, can show all the, all games, the games on ESPN Plus, Yeah. but that's, again, $300 million plus for, what, 15 weeks of games? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. yeah. It's worth it for that fan base, I'm sure. I mean, they know that people are going to... I'm just saying, that is a steep ticket. They know where the eyeballs are. All right. Think it's <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, I have quick thoughts actually in TV. Okay. Um, one, The Witcher. Everyone is talking about it. Yeah, is it good? What I have not think? seen it. You have not seen it? Okay. No. Well, then we can't uh, really report on it. Uh, no, but apparently the <laughs> Polish uh, author, yeah. Andrzej Spakowski, yes, that guy. basically approves of uh, Henry Cavill. Oh, okay. Well, so it says like, he, he likes his face. Okay. He says, yeah, that's the face of Geralt now. Enjoy it. That's better than his reaction to the video games. I mean, they just settled that suit. I know, they did. Just this week. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, but my actual thought is on The Masked yeah. Singer Season 2. You really? Yes. Okay. You wanna, who won? Who won? Yeah, just tell me. I don't care. Not Chris Daughtry. <laughs> Chris Daughtry was a Masked Singer? Daughtry was number two. What was he? What was he masked in? Uh, I don't was remember. Was he a or something? No. Oh, Rottweiler, yes. <laughs> Not like Rottweiler. dog, but specifically Rottweiler. Specifically Rottweiler, yes. <laughs> the show is so stupid. It definitely is. Other singers included Patti LaBelle. Okay. Ninja. Uh, uh-huh. um, singers are using quotes here. Raven Simone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the Cheetah Girls. Yeah, these are... Wait, wait, Ro- Raven Simone and one of the Cheetah Girls? So. Yes. One of the other Cheetah Girl? Yes, who made it further than Raven Simone? <laughs> that's that's funny. But your winner uh-huh. is none other than the musical man uh-huh. of Who's Lines It Anyways and uh-huh. currently of Let's Make a Deal. Wayne Brady? Wayne Brady. I like how these are all the exact level of celebrity that would be on The Masked Singer. Wayne Brady is your <laughs> current winner of The Masked Singer. Right, middle tier. It's like, yeah, people know who they are. But have they done anything really important lately? No. <laughs> Musically wise, I guess? No. Yeah. But the reason Actually, I... weirdly enough, I think the biggest name on that list is Ninja. Is <laughs> Ninja. Probably. Which is crazy. Crazy to think but about. But true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the reason I bring it up is because Fox gets the Super Bowl this year. Oh, do they? And is the Masked Singer the follow program? How did you know that's where I was going? Because why else would you mention that? <laughs> Wait, so they're just into the season yet? They're already going to do like a like a special or like a some sort of season premiere? Yes. Okay. Are they going to do a um, a uh, reality show style thing where they do two seasons in a year starting next Maybe. year? Maybe. Okay. I mean, be smart for them. Yeah. People like that show for some inexplicable reason. It's karaoke <laughs> with celebrities. Yeah. But so is 
James Corden's Carpool Karaoke. Basically, it's it's Foxes Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, I guess. They, they found like, a formula that works. But with an even stupider concept. Probably. <laughs> but people still tuned in to watch it. Uh, well, you know what? Sure. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, did you watch any other TV? Uh, TV, no. Uh, this was, this last week of my life was doing movie catch-up. Okay. So I did not watch any television, really. Except for more Steven Universe Future, which is still new every Saturday. Okay, I've been watching The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. This upcoming episode will be the season finale, so I'll talk more about it at the yes. next podcast. We'll get to that in the new year. Yep. But for now. But for now, we're going to cancellations and renewals. Hey, what do we got? Uh, David Makes Man. What is that? That is on Oprah's network. Sure. Oprah's sure very is. own network. You're me. Uh, gets a fifth season finale. Fifth season, okay. Uh, Green Eggs and Ham gets uh-huh. a second season on Netflix. Yeah, that's an, uh, uh, the Dr. Seuss thing. Yes. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> and uh, Virgin River gets a second season on Netflix. Well, it's not a Virgin River anymore, is it? Uh, no, because it goes again. <laughs> And for Des, only one that okay. of note. Um, Allie Willis, 72, songwriter. Oh. Wrote the theme song for Friends. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. along with other hits. Wow. That was the main one. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for cancellations. That's all. So that means we get to move in. To billboards. To music. All right. We Let me always... pull up the billboard charts here. All right. We always start music with the billboard. Well, we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And the Hot 100 is your singles chart and the number one single in the country for the second week in a row now. Unprecedented for this song because it was the first time it was ever number one last week. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You remains at the top spot. Not knocked down. Uh, moving up a spot, though, to number two, another Christmas classic, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. You know it's Christmas time. You know it's Christmas time. Well, Christmas is over as of this recording, but not yes. in the charts and not in the hearts of the people in the U.S. As number three, dropping down from number two last week, Circles by Post Malone. Number four, Roxanne by Arizona Zervis. And entering the top five this week, Futsal Shuffle 2020. No, thank you. By Lil Uzi Vert. Oh, I know that name. Yes. I mean, I don't know that name. I've heard of that name, but <laughs> something something twenty twenty. The full something twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't really understand. Well, wait, way to start the new year <laughs> with a song about the new year. It's like Prince is wait. Prince doing nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Back in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, if only right. <laughs> Moving on to our albums chart, the uh, Billboard two hundred. Yes. Number one, Harry Styles with Fine Line, his uh, sophomore release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at number one this week. Yeah, I think we uh, called that. Yep. Right after that, Fully Loaded God's Country by Blake Shelton. Fully Loaded colon God's Country. Number three, ex- Please Excuse Me for Being an Introvert by Roddy Rich. Still there. Number four, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. And rounding out your top five, back in the top five this week. Frozen 2 soundtrack. Yay, People that Christmas. Care Still care about Frozen 2. By the way, if you were wondering where the best of Pentatonix Christmas was. Yeah. Usually it's up here in the top five. <laughs> number seven. Okay. Uh, and it's flanked by two other Christmas albums. Michael Bublé's Christmas at mm-hmm. number six. And Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas at number eight. Okay. So there you go. They were right outside of the top five this year. But uh, present in the top ten nonetheless. 
Ah, uh, I get it. Presents. Okay. Uh, uh, like uh, that? Well, as you noted, uh, there last are no new releases. Last week we said there are no releases. That remains true until January. So we go right into music news. We do. Uh, and we're going to do a pickup story with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. I'll you might up. have seen this. Uh, but. Yes. John Frischianta. Frischianta. John. Mister, yeah, Mr. Red Hot. Mr. Red Hot, formerly of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, sure. is now back with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, yes. Um, as he is taking over for uh, Josh King, Kinghoffer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. That is the... Just line up mix-up. Well, no, they, so they kicked him out. Yeah. They got this uh, John Kinghoffer, and now they're going back. To their original lineup. Maybe he cleaned up. Maybe he's sober. Uh, maybe he's off that Californication. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but this is a back to form. For those of you who enjoy Red Hot Chili Peppers or keep up with them, sure. I'm sure they're still taking off their shirts. Yeah. Or probably. doing whatever. Singing by California, yep. as they were want to do. As they always tend to do. Uh, yep. Yep. That's the only music news I saw. Like we said, uh, it's a slow thing, week. The other, th- only other thing I can think of to mention is that uh, we don't know the full lineup yet, but uh, the Coachella headliners were leaked, okay, or at least officially reported. But it's basically a leak because we don't know the rest. Um, it is, as previously announced, Rage Against the Machine, which we noted, or which Rage Against the Machine noted. Rage Against the Machine basically on their away. on their Instagram. Um, the other two, I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, shoot. I'm blanking. Uh, but yeah, the other two were were also revealed. And I can't think of what they are at the moment. Uh, well, here. You know what? If you, maybe if you um, are like a car on the side of the road and just <laughs> stall for a little bit. Yes, exactly. I'd love to stall about cars. About rage, raging against different machines yes. constantly. Yes. Uh, you forgot about uh, Travis Scott and Frank Ocean. Travis, Travis Scott and Frank Ocean. Those are the other two names. Yes, correct. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that seems like a little something for everybody, actually, this year. Yep. Uh, they have the most mainstream act there is Travis Scott, of course. Uh, but, but yeah, having John uh, uh, Frank Ocean um, is a good pick and kind of brings back memories of when Coachella actually used to cater to the indie crowd a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Legacy Act, which is Rage Against the Machine. Right. But yeah, that yes. also Legacy. happened this week, so just wanted to mention that real quick. Yep. Moving on. Uh, moving on to video games. Video games! As you noted, no, no new releases. releases. So what's happening in the news? Um, basically, because of The Witcher, everyone is uh. clamoring for Henry Cavill to play <laughs> The Witcher. Yeah. But not only that, Steam saw a spike in people returning to the Witcher, Witcher 3 yeah. Witch Hunt. I uh, also or Frost Hunt, whatever related. Uh, Witcher Three Wild Hunt comes to Frost Game Hunt. Pass on Xbox this week as well. Mm-hmm. So if that's something you missed out before, you can play it on Xbox now. Hey, on Game Pass if you are a Game Pass subscriber. I am not a Game Pass subscriber. Also, there was some stuff about how Henry Cavill did some uh, uh, interview and he said basically revealed that he was a gamer. Yes, and he likes playing PC games. That, that is where this exactly came from. <laughs> okay. I was like, yep, uh uh-huh. Checks out. Um, And (laughs) lastly, uh, it's just the end of the year. People are just putting up end of the year lists. Yeah, it's true. Um, Did we note anything? No. No? I didn't didn't see anything else of note. That was like the 
big like the fact that that biggest story was Henry Cavill played a video game, then it was a dead week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw one thing on Kotaku that said a Pokemon Sword and Shield official strategy guide had twenty five mistakes. <laughs> But they were mini mistakes. They weren't like, oh my god, you have this wrong set. So it was just little errors. Nope, yeah, everybody's in a holding pattern right now. We're in that weird spot between a big console announcement that just happened and the new year. So we'll have to wait until January, I'm sure, to get more news. And because we have a new year coming up, that means next week we're going to have basically the same thing happen where yeah. little to no news no, nothing hap- will happen but we will still have a show some sort of show we'll put something together yeah speaking of putting things together yes it is time for, okay okay did you have any thoughts on anything besides rise of skywalker that, before uh, we get into it cuz we're going to get into it well uh, i did i also saw I, I talked about that. I, oh yeah, I already talked about the move, other movies I saw this past weekend. What did you see? Or that last weekend? I mean, last yeah. time, Frozen right. Two and Knives Out. So right. I think I'm caught up on movie thoughts. I watched some old movies yesterday. Okay. I watched. Uh, I finally saw 2017 Oscar nominee Phantom Thread. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what's what's his name's last performance? Yeah, yeah Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, Daniel Day Lewis. Fine. I don't know. I didn't like it as much as uh, the person who I was watching it likes it, but I get it. I get okay. the appeal. Because fashion? Because fashion. Because fashion. Uh, well, it's, that's not really the appeal. Anyway, okay. um, <laughs> there's a lot of that in there, but that's not the point. Okay. Um, and then um, I also saw, related to the movie we we're going to talk to, uh, uh, I watched the first half of The Last Jedi as a refresher. Okay. Why not the second half? And uh, Because we could not finish it because uh, uh, someone fell asleep. <laughs> Wow. Clearly. Not because of the movie, just because it was getting kind of late. Okay. So. It's funny you bring that up because after I watched mm-hmm. um, Rise of Skywalker, I went back and watched Last right. Jedi again. Yeah. And then I watched it again with commentary. Yeah. No, I, I could see why one would do that. I yes. could. Um, I understand. Uh, now, after... I do have to say, before we kind of get into the big, big conversation, I do have to say that my feelings um, have become less intense after rewatching half of The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, because some stuff made a little bit more sense decision-wise to me after I did so. Okay. Uh, before we start, I need to make sure that uh, everyone in the room is okay with spoilers for no. Okay. No, you are not. You are not. I got I made sure. Yes, because we could talk lightly, but then we will get definitely spoiler-heavy. Shoot. Do you think we can have a version of this conversation that is spoiler-free? Well, we definitely can't, but... Five minutes. Okay, we could definitely we do, do five, five minutes, minutes of spoiler-free summary. Better yet, we could do we could do a five-minute summary, <laughs> ten minutes of what we liked, because <laughs> okay. I think that's all we have. Okay, all right. All right. So, so real quick, without spoiling any plot elements, especially the the plot element, can we? Can you tell me if you which whether you enjoyed this or not? As I <laughs> as I have been telling people, because this is literally anything pe- people have been uh-huh. talking about. Yeah. If you, I, I always I've been comparing it to. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Sure. Where sure it has some goofy elements, but sure it might not be for everyone. It might not be everyone's favorite film, sure. but it's still a pretty decent Star Wars film compared. 
compared to the whole Star Wars saga. Um, it definitely has a lot of elements that were like, why they do this? Why they do that? But in terms of it being a Star Wars film, it's definitely a Star Wars film. Probably, as you as we mentioned it when the Force Awakens came out, the most Star Wars film Star Wars has ever Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Good or bad, that is still a very Star Wars esque Star Wars film, yeah. and that is because J.J. Abrams knows how to play to that specific yeah. audience. Yeah. Upon reflection, I agree with you on all those points. Like upon like having given some time and using uh, comparing it directly with the Last Jedi. I've got. I've come to a conclusion where, as a Star Wars film, yes, it is a little bit more by the numbers than The Last Jedi was. It is a little bit more predictable, and it is very similar to The Force Awakens in structure and in the way that it harkens back and really wants you to remember the previous trilogies. Mm-hmm. It is back to like front to back devoted to the legacy of the franchise and wants you to be thinking about the franchise as a whole every second of it. A thing that The Last Jedi very pointedly did not do. The Last Jedi it, right from the very beginning yeah. through literally throughout a lot the, of the concepts, main components. Yeah, a lot of concepts, a lot of components of the franchise and what I mean, that was a literal action in the film of we're just so, going to yeah. Think what you know, we're going to throw it aside, and we're going to try something different. So what I will say, uh, kind of my, my overall feeling now about the film is, even though I personally think it's weak compared to some of the best Star Wars movies, and don't think it exists in the upper echelon just because of literal, just the literal script and what they do with the concepts of the film... Besides that, though, if you remove those compl- like negatives, it does the job of being a Star Wars movie. It and it does that job well. It fills it checks all the boxes that you want if you're coming to a a, a theater and getting your popcorn and just want to watch a Star Wars film. It does that, and I think for the vast majority of people who are Star Wars fans and see this and like this kind of movie. I think they will enjoy their time with it, but as soon as you start thinking about some of the decisions that they make individually peppered throughout the film, that's when stuff starts unraveling. But as long as you don't pull on that thread, I think that there's a lot to like here, but as soon as you start pulling on that thread, as we will a little bit later here... You will see the Emperor in his clothes. Yeah, and I, th- yeah, very literally. And, um, like, I think that the- I'm conflicted by it in a way. And I feel like this has come up with a lot of media in 2019. This is my Lover by Taylor Swift problem. This is my Borderlands 3 problem. And this is my Star Wars problem. I want to like it. It does the things that you want it to do, but there are just a handful of decisions made that just almost bring the whole thing down. You know, we've had this problem, especially throughout this year, (laughs) of people deciding to double down on things. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I think this film is a perfect example of J.J. Abrams 
doubling down on what he initially wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's that, but also it's him making a compromise with the fans. Mm-hmm. I really read it as, and especially now with, like, I yes, I was angry when I got out of it immediately, for sure. But now with reflection, I'm able to, like, have a little bit more measured uh, feeling about it. And my measured feeling is, is that he had a very hard task. He was probably tasked by the studio being like, hey, this thing's been through some development issues, like all of the rest of this trilogy. We need you to make sure that this works and that we don't have a disaster on our hands. And he basically, probably, he and the story team were like, okay, how can we wrap this up? Like, how can we do, like, like enough of a, like, like of a summary and, like, a tying up of loose ends and not make anybody particularly angry about it? Well, see, it definitely is a hard task just for anyone yeah. to have, have. Definitely. Because, I mean, he had a tough task initially with start with episode seven, which yeah. is, we need to establish new characters, mm-hmm. but we also need to establish that this is still a part of the lore that came before it. While also playing on fans' expectations mm-hmm. of, we want to see a Star Wars film. And everyone has a different interpretation of what Turns a out, Star Wars film if is. If anything that this trilogy has taught us is it is exactly that. Is everybody does have their unique version of what they want a Star Wars story to be about. We've seen it in this trilogy. We've also seen it in this trilogy spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their idea. And so people are going in with biases. And basically being like, oh, well, this is not my Star Wars the way I want it to be. And each of these movies has brought that person out. And those have been three different person mm-hmm. people. Like, the, the three different people. Like, in Force Awakens, people are complaining, oh, it's too much like they're, they're setting it up too much like the original trilogy. It's not its own thing. And so they were mad that it wasn't original enough. Last Jedi, people were mad that it was too original. It was too throwing away too much of the series legacy. Mm-hmm. And this time, it's the people who are like, "Wait a minute, finish what? Like finish what you started with the Last Jedi? Where are you going?" All three of those people are different people, and all of them are mad. Yep. <laughs> it's it's weird because, <laughs> it, like you said, this is the three headed monster of a trilogy that, yes. in no way, like in anyone's. But plan. that being said, and that's something a lot of people have brought up about this film, it's like, wait, it's because it has a, this trilogy had a really troubled history, people were in and out of the projects, so they do feel like three very different kind of ideas of Star Wars. But keep in mind, that's basically how the original trilogy was too. And you brought this up to me the other day, that you said that there's a lot of shades of, uh, of Return of, uh, Return Return of, the, of the Jedi, Jedi. in this film. And... And the reason for that, I think, is a similar reason for that. Those were also weird production-wise. Mm-hmm. They had different directors, different like all three of the writers. Uh, George Lucas was involved. George Lucas in was all involved three. in all three. But the people, we, the team he worked with, differed differed between films. Well, that's the thing. Though. The guys who worked on this script, Rise of Skywalker, um, one was J.J. Abrams, who loved mystery boxes, so he had. <laughs> To finally open his mystery box uh, and reveal uh, yeah. what was inside. Yeah. One was the guy who worked on um, the project and then no longer worked on the project, Colin mm-hmm. Trevorrow. Yeah. And one was the guy who worked on Batman v Superman. <laughs> yes. And how that turned out. Yeah, so here so we are. you have three, three creatives working on this script who... 
have each had troubled paths mm-hmm. in creating franchise scripts. So that's part of it, too. But the point I was really getting at is that if you do go back and watch that original trilogy, those movies are wildly different, too. The oh, tone yes. of New Hope is different from the tone of Empire, which is different from the tone of Jedi. And these three movies have the same thing. Yes. So that is nothing new to the Star Wars. But the ways that this... And we can go into it now. I got the clear. Uh, okay. The ways that this one specifically is different than the last two are, I think, the reasons why the, the, the both the critics and audiences right now are struggling with this thing. So, whenever people do Star Wars marathons, people <laughs> will watch uh, New Hope and yeah. be like, that was great. It's just as I remembered it. Hmm. Now let's get into... Maybe not... My most recent watch of that No, thing. but for most people. <laughs> most people, if they do a Star Wars marathon... To me, I watched the, uh, A New Hope within the last couple of years, and I was like, man, this thing is really uneven. Oh, yes. Oh. That movie... Last time we watched it... All over the place. Well, last time we watched it, we yeah. watched it in VHS of the right. original 1977 right. copy, because but even that, I have that. <laughs> but even that, I was just like, man, this is... I forgot how crazy that movie is, especially the first, like, 30 minutes of that thing. Luke Skywalker doesn't show up until the first 30 minutes of that film. Yeah, I was just like, this is so weird and not what I remember. The things you remember about Star Wars, like, that movie Mm -hmm. is so much more weird than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like I said, people will watch number four Mm -hmm. and then be excited for number five. Right. And then kind of, like, towards the end of the night, it's like... Uh, we don't really need to watch number six. We get it. <laughs> I have a feeling this trilogy is kind of the same way. Well, people have Maybe. that nostalgia for number seven, uh, Force Awakens, because mm-hmm. it has a lot of cool effects and it, it sets up a lot of good stuff. And then people, depending on who you talk to, either really love or really hate The Last Jedi. But I think there's a lot of good stuff in The Last Jedi that people will sit through and watch. And then get to this one, like, uh, I don't need to, we, we could cut it there. I don't know about that. Like, I feel like there's going to be people who maybe do that, but I think there's just going to be, I would argue, more people who are like, well, gotta finish all. Okay, well, um, I think we need, to, we're done talking about regular non-spoiler stuff. Because okay, I'm so, literally taking off my jacket and rolling yeah. up my sleeves right so now. So now we can get into initial thoughts, because like I said... What I've all said so far about this film is my tempered, like, thoughts that I've been able to sit with for the last week thinking about this movie. Okay, so... But, if we were to rewound the clock and talk about... Well, actually, before we go into the negatives, let's talk about specific things that we liked about it. Okay, um... I am done. (laughs) No, okay. (laughs) Come on. Okay, specific things I liked about it. I liked the uh, the lightsaber battles. Yeah. The, the force projection lightsaber battles. I mean, I thought... That was a good takeaway from The Last Jedi and building upon it. Yes. I, I do think that the, 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 the things they did with that specifically was really cool. Um, that specific scene, though, I thought went on a little too long. Maybe, but he did <laughs> definitely felt whiplash and it went yeah. back and forth For between sure. each... Um, I liked the ending. It made me cry. Not necessarily a good cry, but it made me cry. Okay. Um, I think I, I like the shot of all the ships appearing a yeah. la uh, Avengers Endgame style. Sure, yes. It did kind of remind me of that moment a yes. little too much. Um, what else did I like <laughs> about it? 
Uh, I like how the things you like I did not like. That's interesting. What do you mean? I yeah, like so the far, visuals. most of these things, I'm oh. like, uh... The Emperor Palpatine shooting lightning up through into the air and basically just wrecking everybody. Sure. That was a cool visual moment. That was a cool visual moment. Also, I do actually like that moment also because it kind of reminded me of the stakes of The Last Jedi. Because yes. one of the things we repeated a lot when we were talking about The Last Jedi on this podcast was that it felt like there were actual stakes. Mm-hmm. Here, less so. But that moment specifically actually felt like, oh, maybe they can't actually do this. Maybe they are screwed. In a movie that otherwise felt like there really weren't any stakes. Mm, stakes. We'll get to. Yes. Uh, and last thing I liked, it's very minor, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily like how they did it, but super spoiler here. Mm-hmm. I guess we can go to it now. I like that Ray was a Palpatine. It does kind of... It did... So I'm a, bit, I'm a little mixed about it. The, the no, no, thing, no, no, no. Let me, let me say this, okay? Yeah. I like the idea sure. of Ray being a Palpatine throughout this series. Uh-huh. I don't like the execution of it. I don't sure. like how it was told sure. to me. But the idea that this entire time she had been related to yeah. the Palpatine, and, I like yeah. as an idea. Because and, it's still yeah. that... Palpatine versus Skywalker yes. thing. Yeah, and, and and rewatching the first half of the Last Jedi, I initially thought that that my initial thought about that whole thing was like this seems like this came out of nowhere. But rewatching the la- parts of Last Jedi, I'm like now now I'm like you know what this does kind of fit into that slot. Like mm-hmm. this isn't too far fetched. Like even though the stuff in Last Jedi was ambiguous enough for it to be kind of any solution there, mm-hmm. the fact that she was so drawn to the dark side makes sense after you know that. Right. And that being said, and Luke's comment about yeah. about the power within her. Right. She's only seen it one more one other yeah, time. One other time. And it didn't scare him then. It scares right. him now. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of lines there yeah. that do kind of have their payoff in that reveal. But I think there was a reason why that was ambiguous because I think it was leaving the the door open for if they didn't necessarily want to say use a specific family name, they could have still mm-hmm. made that make sense, and that's kind of the problem I have to it because with it is because a lot of the Last Jedi is talking about like, well, the the Force doesn't have to be th- like used through somebody who is special. So much of that movie is to hammer that point down. Mm-hmm. To the point where even though Luke at the, the end does realize he does have a legacy to uphold and he does have like a, a cause to die for, uh, which is what his arc in The Last Jedi is about. But that still doesn't negate the fact that he's right about that. Especially when Ryan Johnson uses the last shot, The Last Jedi, to remind you, dude, the Force can be in anybody. Mm-hmm. This movie touches none of that. This movie basically throws that out and basically says, no, she is in a family that we know are Force users. We know that this is why she has it. In fact, we're going to double down on the whole thing that she and uh, Kylo Ren are connected because they both have that in common with each other. Mm -hmm. And they're a dyad and all this stuff. And I'm like... Part of me wanted so badly for the payoff to be that she wasn't from anything. That all that talk about her being from nothing was true. And the fact that they do kind of pull the rug under you and be like, oh, well, surprise, she is related to somebody from the original trilogy, not the one you thought. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, when I came out of the theater, 
Yeah. Oh, well, what did you like about? Oh yeah, uh, uh, real. Uh, I like the new characters they introduced. Okay. Uh, especially the, the, the specifically the two new women that they introduced in the thing. The okay. bounty hunter lady from the planet. Who you only see the eyes of? Yes. You only see the eyes of. I thought she was a really cool I- idea. I also like how there was that unrequited love thing between her and Poe because. Media me- needs more of that, those kind of stories because I just like to see like the dude just get like roped up like in that kind of stuff sometimes instead of just being the predictable kiss and you mm-hmm. know speaking of predictable kisses we'll get to that later uh, and then then I, I also liked the uh, the other woman um, uh, in, introduced to kind of be the foil for Finn uh, through the, the the second act of the movie where uh, she's the one writing the big, big mm. like animal thing she seemed cool and i wish that they would have had more time with her because i want to know like a little bit more her backstory besides the fact that she was a stormtrooper too mm-hmm. and like i get like and that cool like resistance kind of crew thing i thought that was a cool idea there are cool ideas it also kind of reminded me of the vibe i got from um well two things right of the vibe i got from a lot of solo which is like the cool parts about solo even though the, a lot of that movie doesn't work the parts of that movie that did work was the the feeling of we're going to focus in on a small part of oh like a, a community in the Star Wars universe and talk about them for a little bit focusing on these characters what they're going through what their daily life is it gave me vibes of that it also gave me vibes of uh, I mean Rose from the Last Jedi is in this movie underutilized but she is still in this movie period I mean that's about the yeah. end of that you yeah. can talk about she's her. in it. She does a couple it. things, I guess, but uh, but those new characters reminded me of of her introduction in the Last Jedi in the same kind of way, which is we're going to give you a, char- a story about a character who is not a big hero in this world. She they interact with the heroes of this world, but they are basically just normal people. But that was the whole theme of yeah. the Last Jedi, where mm-hmm. of no one needs to have a yes. big name to be so, important. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I liked those characters because it does it did kind of remind me of that vibe so there's at least a piece of the spirit of the last jedi in this film where there is enough of an element being like no there are these smaller characters in this franchise in this trilogy specifically that matter that aren't going to be your big force using superheroes and that's cool i like that okay um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, some of the visual stuff was cool. Some of it was a little overbearing. Um, but yeah, that was that's pretty much the coolest things I thought that this movie did. Just a little spark of that spirit there. So, in total, we think the cool things this movie lasts about <laughs> maybe five minutes. No, that's not necessarily fair. It's just... Okay, ten. It's just overwhelmed <laughs> by the fact that, like I said at, at the top... The rest of this movie is just so by the numbers. Okay, so um, after I got out of this film, yeah. so let me set the stage here. Yeah, I go in to this film. I got yeah. my big cup of popcorn, and you were my big soda, and I was probably out of the four of us <laughs> the most excited to see this. Yeah, film. you were ready to like your time there. You, I, before we went in, you were talking about I am ready just to watch a popcorn movie. Like I'm ready to just absorb this if i don't you know as long as i come out of the theater and like i'm like had a good time like that's all that matters right and that's how i judge movies is did i have a good yeah. time would i watch this again right and so i was sitting there with my popcorn the lights dim the fence comes right. on star wars yeah 
And the first three the first words. Literal three words of this film. Are the dead speak. <laughs> the literal first three words. And I knew from there, so, <laughs> this might not be uh-huh. what I wanted. And I knew too. In fact, um, uh, our friend Robert, who saw this with us, he literally, as soon as the, the whole opening thing started talking about how the Emperor Palpatine is back, we both just shared this look with each other. And we're just like, here we go. <laughs> like, okay, so... Um, Get ready for this. Yeah. After the dead speak... Period. Um, where, uh. So, so did you, real quick, just a quick aside, this is related, trust me. Um, did you see the whole stuff about, like, oh, if everybody was watching the Fortnite stream, they would have uh, known this. That. Yeah. And I was like, no. Like, you cannot expect people to pay attention to a Fortnite no, stream. I saw that afterwards, that, okay, <laughs> so Fortnite is canon in the Star Wars universe yes, now. Yes, yes, apparently. Apparently. Stupid. Uh, but, so, <laughs> those first three words... The dead speak, and then I just sat there eating popcorn, yeah. drinking soda through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And several times, I saw you yeah. with your arms go yes. straight out yes. to the screen. Yes. Several times, and I had the exact same reaction because I was looking, <laughs> trying to look in your direction. Like, yep, there it is. There are so many moments, and we can't even mention them all. No, we will because I wrote them down. Where the thing that we wanted J.J. Abrams to do. He did the exact opposite. Or the thing I was saying in my mind, please don't do it. Please yeah, don't exactly. do it. Please, please don't, don't do, do it. Don't do this. Ah, oh, you did he it. did it anyway. And that's what I'm saying about it being by numbers. Because he every step of the way when he was like, oh, we could do something creative here. Or we could do the Star Wars thing. He said, do the Star Wars thing. Or we could take risks here. But no. 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 There are no risks in this film. In fact, every time they could have taken a risk... He swerves and tricks you into thinking there might be a risk, and then there ends up not being risky. It is super safe. Okay, so like I said, um, I watch the film. The lights come on. I'm still sitting there watching the credits roll because, as you know, the credit screen of just all the animators yeah. is my favorite piece of framework in yeah. any Star Wars film. Yeah. Basically anything from Disney now, I guess. Yeah. So I sit there, watch it. Everything goes, and we walk out, and the guy at the theater asked me, "Yeah, do you like it? Was it good? And I tell him, yeah, you got to see it for yourself. Yeah, you really do. Because you really do. You really have to see this for yourself in order to have an opinion on this thing. So, yeah, I think one of the things that we uh, got at earlier that is kind of the number one thing for me is it does feel like the spirit, not necessarily the beat-by-beat things that The Last Jedi sets up, but the spirit of The Last Jedi it just seems like it is missing. And what I mean by that is the specifically the thing that I was talking about where the Force is not an entity that is to be taken like just by people that are, quote, important, people that are, quote, special, people that we've been following in this um, Star Wars saga our entire time, but instead is this thing that is everywhere and that can be utilized by anyone. This movie goes so hard on just who are the important characters and what are their like and let's get their stories wrapped up that it doesn't really dwell on the small bits and the lived in world of Star Wars it is so busy on figuring out where these stories of the main characters are going it has no time for that. 
It feels like someone forgot that Star that the Jedi is a religion. Yeah. And I mean, especially people who like are fan fans of Star Wars before this before the Last Jedi had to remind people that it's a religion <laughs> that they just thought because of the prequels that oh everyone had force powers and then Anakin killed everyone so no one has force powers right and then because it goes right into the original trilogy it, everyone went oh so only the skywalkers have force powers and forgot that wait it's supposed to be a religion like you like people can have force powers yeah it's not dedicated to this one family lineage and i guess i understand partially it is because of how much they have to wrap up here that they mm-hmm. don't have really time to get into that kind of thing which i guess i get it but the other thing but and so like that's kind of my biggest problem but my second problem which i only realized after refreshing myself with last jedi is man everything everybody says in this movie sounds so incredibly stilted and unnatural. People talk in this movie like they talk in most Star Wars films, where it's just, like, very to-the-point, very plot-driven, very, like, I'm doing exposition. Wait, which one are you talking about? About the... the, the about, uh... The, the Rise of Skywalker. Okay, because you started with Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah. The reason why I brought that up is because, compared, it is amazing. Even the, like, the first... Like, even just the part that I watched of The Last Jedi, I was like... Well, that's right. People in this movie talk like real people. Mm-hmm. It is crazy how different the writing style is in those films. I I noticed it right away. I was like, something about this is weird. Why is everybody talking like this when I was watching Rise of Skywalker? I was like, why is everybody so like professional and exposition-y? Well, see, that gets to one of my first gripes about the yeah. film is Leia. And how yeah. she has a lot of one-liners that yeah. seem very out of place. And Ray has to fit because she's dead, and because yeah. Carrie Fisher's dead, and they have these this stuff in the can. They had to do what they, they had, had to, do to with it. force Ray to say questions in order to get the answers right. that were already pre-written. Those scenes are rough, and it's not necessarily the studio's fault. Obviously, they had very little to work with. You you know how you get around that? Yeah. First three words. General is dead. Right. You could have, yeah, you could have not very the best easily speak. not General had her in dead. this film. Yes. yes. But then they, but they, I guess, were so tied to that climactic thing happening involving her death that they couldn't rewrite it. That oh. they were, like, so tied to that being a plot point. You could have, and I did. We'll get to that later. Know, but that's, but this isn't here, we're not here to rewrite this film. So let's not go that far. Oh, no. All I'm saying is that they were so tied to that, yes. they couldn't have moved it. They were probably just so to the point where it was like, we need to finish this script, that they were just like, well, this is where this happens, and this is this is the thing that makes this other thing happen. Well, see, this so. goes back to J.J. Abrams, because yeah. when he initially set it up, it was going to be three movies focusing on one of the three different characters. The right. first one being Han Solo. The second one being Luke Skywalker, and the third one being Princess Leia. Yeah. Or General Leia. Yeah. But because we never got to that three, mm-hmm. due to untimely deaths, right? it definitely felt like a big hole missing. Yeah, and, to, and I guess them doing the thing that they did does kind of make this film that. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like it's a little, it's a pushing on the edges of what our technology can do. It does. And so, yeah, no, you're not wrong. 
Okay. Um, let's let's maybe try to like wrap this up because let me wrap this up. I, I'm okay. I know so, we have a lot to go through, but also I'm concerned about food getting cold. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, after the after the movie came went out, uh-huh. um, I decided to write down everything that I had a gripe with. Yeah. We're gonna run through it all. Yeah, because it's quite a lot. Yeah, and chances are a lot of things that you had issue with, I did as well. So all right, um, I have to do my own list. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, okay. Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. So yeah, we went over this. Not not clone. I would have right. accepted clone. I've been fine with no. clone. Yeah, no, but granddaughter. Um, not only that, but Luke and Leia knew. I don't know if you caught that. Right? No, I caught that. Okay, they, they knew at a time. I think that that is just like completely unnecessary. You don't yes. need that line. No. They, they don't need to know. I guess it's to expel fans possibly going, how didn't they know? Right. Which it would be fair. So oh, I guess it well, just they knew. that. They, like, right. oh, well, they knew she was Palpatine. They but could sense it. it would be it. weird, though. But that makes all the things that Luke says in Last Jedi about it make no sense. Oh, yes. Because he basically is acting really hardcore mm-hmm. that he doesn't know when he totally does. Where are you from? Jakku. That's right, exactly. basically nowhere. Right. He's very clear about he does not know why she has such ties to the dark it's side. That, that was his first question is why yeah. are you here? Right. He had no idea who she was. There is no way he actually knew in that mm-hmm. film. So, yeah. You're right. Uh, also the big thing. Kylo and Rey kiss. So yeah, that just made me mad because it's, again, totally unnecessary. Yes, it makes a certain, I guess, possible kind of fan very happy. But really, I was just hoping that they, you know, like, just give them a hug or something. Like, there's no reason for them. Yes, there was, like, that tension that's even set up in Last Jedi about, like, oh, maybe there's some sort of weird, like maybe sexual tension going on here it wasn't sexual tension it was i can save you tension there was yes but at the same time though there was elements you could tell that they were metaphorically using imagery usually associated when a couple is like supposed to be sexually attracted to each other oh you mean shirtless kylo yeah that's how i read a lot of that stuff and i get why they would do that well see i read that as just to make it clear that they see each other right that too but, like, at the end of all the, of what happens in this film, though, that cannot be on their minds. No. Like, that would not be a normal human interaction to do. No. They especially would, when... They would embrace each other. They would literally just embrace each other. Especially as, when one is literally on their deathbed. Right. It's totally unnecessary. It makes no sense to me. Actually, that brings me right to my second yeah. point. One is literally on their deathbed. Right. And yet, we have established in the film that you can heal people. With and, the force. And there is, there is a payoff for that, I guess. But then, of course, J.J. does the immediate thing that I was hoping that wouldn't happen, which is, oh, remember Force Ghosts? Yes. <laughs> which totally removes any of the, like, the audience laughed. Oh, that's a Our did. audience literally laughed. Well, they laughed at the kiss, too. Yes, But that did. was just the icing on the cake. Like, that was, like, we already had the cake. That was just the icing, because at that point, the audience was like, seriously, really? You Not only are you going to have them kiss, but now you're also going to have them dissolve, so that way we can't possibly, in any way, have him brought back. No. This is J.J. <laughs> Abrams spoon-feeding us. Right. Not leaving anything to the imagination. No. It's spoon-feeding to the LCD. He could have so easily just panned away and let us wonder what happened, whether he survived, whether whether he did become a ghost. What was? What is it? Like... See, There's I so thought many options. I there. thought what they do is that they each have half of a life force, 
Yeah, or something. So, so it would tie into the one cannot survive without the other type yeah, thing. Yeah. The darkness and the light coexisting. But no, because at that point, you're supposed to believe that he's completely light now. And so there's no reason to have that. Right. Yeah. They would... be- that goes the other thing yeah. of Ray never committing to the dark side. Yeah. Well, yeah, or I'm... anything committing. So I am kind of glad that they didn't do that because that would have been too obvious. And I'm glad that they planted all those, like, fake-ass, like... Or not fake, because it is technically in the movie. But all those images there are like, well, see, she's she's evil. Look, look, she's evil. Like, I'm glad they quelled that, because mm-hmm. I was... I also think it would be stupid if they had gone all the way with that. Well, I think they could have gone all the way with just Rey continuously, continuously losing things. Like, she would have lost the Millennium yeah. Falcon in the beginning, because it got wrecked. Yeah. She would have lost uh, her friends in the sandpit had she not fallen in with yeah. them. She would have lost C three PO because he had his memory wiped. She would have lost Chewbacca because she killed him. She would have lost Leia. That's a lot of losses within right. sixteen hours. By the way, sixteen yeah, hours, hours between the start of the film and the end of the film. Yeah, and they go to a lot of planets in sixteen hours. They do. I like to see someone fly to a lot of cities <laughs> in that same amount of time. Hyperspace jumping. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, that's like yeah. Anything. I think that it just there's. There's a lot of things they could have done to make it seem like she's clearly having emotional involvement and pain and suffering path this to the dark side. Somebody brought up something interesting uh, uh, that I read on the internet uh, in a forum. They were basically saying that a lot of the problems this film has is that a lot of it isn't earned. Yes. And I think this is specifically one of those where it's just none of it seems like she earned any of this in this film. In the previous films, like, she goes through a lot of stuff, but in this one... She's just kind of angry, which I guess you need to have her angry for it to work. But, eh. Well, that's the thing. that She doesn't get that angry. (laughs) She kind of gets angry. She doesn't, yeah, no, she doesn't even get to the point where Luke was in the original trilogy. Yeah. At any point. Like, Palpatine wants her to be in that, like, climactic scene. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't really do it. Let the hate flow through you. Like, at no point did she ever cross over to the... Even physically say, I hate blank. <laughs> no, nope, anything. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. And yeah, again though, like I think part of me is actually okay with that because I didn't want the internet to get their evil, evil ray that they wanted so bad. So I was kind of happy that that didn't pay off. Well, see, I thought that would happen. Like you could have Ben Ben Solo come back and be the force of the light, and then Ray's evil, and then he brings her back. Yeah. I don't know. For love. The power of love. I think think what we're getting at is that there are story issues with this whole trilogy. Oh, yeah. And so that that's why none of this really feels like it paid off, because there was no foundation for it to work as well. Speaking of no foundation, <laughs> yeah. while they were on that quicksand, uh-huh. Finn shouted out something. Yeah, so this is a lot of person, people's problems, and reasonably so. What did he say? So he's What not, did he want to say? I don't know. Who knows? And the movie does not tell you. No, J.J. Uh, <laughs> Abrams in a panel uh-huh. said that he wanted to tell Ray that he was might be force sensitive, which makes sense and does pay off some stuff in Last Jedi as well. Yes, but as you're about to die, <laughs> I'm going to yell out to yeah. this girl I met probably a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm force sensitive. <laughs> Maybe it can't help us now. We're gonna die soon, but I thought you should know. I may be like you in the force. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't make any sense. 
It does not make... No, I don't... Like, even if he said, <laughs> hey, I think I have feelings for you, we're about to die, but I might have feelings for you. Right, that's the, that's easy, the easy thing. thing. The, the easy thing to slot in there is I love you. Like, that's right. what we all... The, that's what the audience thinks he's going to say. Yes. And also, it makes the it makes more sense when you have Poe being so mad about it. Right. Because there's clearly, like... Even though the trilogy never commits to it, the movie wants you to believe that there could be a love triangle there. But the movie does not want you to do that. But it would be a love triangle between Ray and Finn. It would be a love triangle between Poe and Finn, and then Finn and Ray. Yeah, I know, right? That's the real thing there. The reason why the movies don't do that is because the actual text of the movies is very clear that it's really Poe Finn. Yes. <laughs> and just... a lot of people were on board with that in the beginning. Okay, no, I'm on board with that, but it's like the, just the, they just weren't ready to do it. No. It doesn't happen. And it, Whether it's Disney, whether it was Kathleen Kennedy, whether it was something about knows, Star Wars. But it just doesn't happen. Yeah. But you know what? Whatever. Because it doesn't really matter. Let's see. Other <laughs> things I wrote it down. The Leia dialogue was forced, pun intended. We went over that. Uh, Han should have been in Leia's spot. Oh, yeah. Han Solo appears in this. Right. Yeah. But as not I as guess a ghost. No, not a force ghost. But as not a force ghost. I'm not just. I mean, like just a ghost ghost, right? Uh, as he's, as uh, Kylo Ren said, the memory right. of him through his head. Sure. Meaning that when when Han Solo said, "I love you, son," that is basically. Ben Solo saying it to himself through his father's words, what he wished he would have said this entire time. Brian hurts. And that's why he says, I know. Sure. He's like, I'm, I'm going to solve this myself. Yeah. Because so- yeah. Han Solo is not forced. It's ghost. dumb. And it just, like, they needed... It felt, so many moments in this movie just felt like, okay, we're just doing this for the nostalgia. Speaking of nostalgia, yeah. do you know Moana was in this thing? Moana? Yeah. <laughs> what? They had the Wayfinder. Oh. Also, the waves. Yes. <laughs> Try to get over the waves. Right? That's all, that was all. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of as they were going yeah. up and down the waves. Yeah. Uh, but yes, also, uh, yeah, you get the, the Wayfinders. Um, let's see what else do I have here. I have a lot of stuff here. Uh, oh, the other, speaking of that planet... Um, the other stormtroopers were deserters, making Finn no longer that special. Right, but like I said, though, I kind of like that, though. No, I like the idea. Yeah, I like that, though, because certainly... But we've never delved into it, like... Right. But certainly there couldn't be one person who did that. See, I would have liked that if if it was just the one, because it would have definitely played into the force aspect of him sure. like the force told sure. him not to do it and they do hint at that and that scene where he's talking to her he basically right. even says as much he's right. like oh maybe it was the force and it's like yeah could be and i but yeah i don't know i didn't have a problem with that uh let's see uh the what you think of the ending with the jedi voiceovers uh you know what Less tacky than I thought it was going to be. Because they could have very much done the previous trilogy, both previous trilogy things done, the literal Force ghosts show up there and you can see them. Mm -hmm. And at least they didn't do that. Just having the voices was neat. I thought that was a way of being like, oh, 
fans recognize this person, this person, this person. Like, it gave kind of like like an Easter egg kind so of quality. So you wouldn't have to wanted it. physical? No, I don't think that's necessary. I think this is a neat way of doing something they'd already done before. It was actually a rare sign of restraint from J.J. Abrams, I thought. Weird, because <laughs> I, I would have liked the physical and then just do oh. a single motion. <laughs> don't say anything, just the physicality of yeah, them. And then just do a motion. Have a they don't have to say anything. I not have a problem with that. I actually okay. appreciated it in a way. I thought it was a cheeky way of, we ran out of budget, we need to fake this in here. I guess you could read it that way, but like I said, I was looking for a twist on the formula that whole movie, and that was the only time we are really got it. Okay. Like, everything else was so formula- formulaic about it that that was kind of a moment where it's like, okay, they couldn't, they could have gone more hammy there than they did, which was rare. Uh, but at the same time, though, was pretty hammy, not going to lie. Like, yes. the cheese factor of that whole thing was, and I get why they did it the way they did, but man, it's cheesy. Uh, speaking of cheesy, uh-huh. the only thing that could defeat the emperor uh-huh. is two <laughs> lightsabers. But on oh, just that, it basically also negates Darth Vader's sacrifice of throwing the emperor down the shaft. Yeah, I know. Giving right? him the shaft. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't necessarily negate it. it. Just makes it less important. Yeah, like it like, makes it less of a big moment in the grand scale of all of the trilogies. But you know what? Really, it doesn't really matter, though. I think that if you treat the, the trilogies as individual pieces, which you should, because I don't think that when you start looking at a big picture like that, mm-hmm. the whole thing doesn't work. Well, speaking of things not working, the Chewbacca fake out. Yeah, I hated that. I hated it. I hated that. I hated it. I wanted there to, again, the stakes. stakes of The Last Jedi is one of the reasons why The Last Jedi worked. And this movie has no stakes. There are never stakes mm. in this film. I, I wish they would have committed to that. And yeah. then it would have slowly shown her, yes. like I said, right. fall. They would have given her a reason to be angry. Yes. They would have given a reason for everybody to actually be angry about something that happened. An actual loss would have mattered. Actual consequences, but no. But no, there was none. She didn't get consequences. Kylo didn't get consequences. And I guess they didn't want to make him seem like an actual monster. So I guess... Because otherwise the ending wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. So I guess I get why they probably... Again, just like I said about Frozen, you can feel the story revisions throughout the script and how many things probably went several times back and forth. Maybe, but how? what what revision did they decide to land on? Burning Man with Lando. I actually kind of like that Burning Man thing. Kind of reminded me of the casino diversion in uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. But they don't do a whole lot with it. No, they don't. And yeah, it's just an excuse to be like, where would Lando be? At, at Coachella. Yeah, I guess. At Burning Man. At Fire Festival. Yeah, and that was just and and yeah, it does. It just seemed kind of superfluous. Lando also seemed kind of superfluous. They didn't need him. No, they didn't need his daughter either. No. Or at least hint that it was his daughter. No, and I don't think that that was what, how that read at all either. I think our audience read that as, is he hitting on her? He's going to bang her, isn't <laughs> right? he? Right? Hey, let's go search this galaxy to find your parents. It would have made more sense if there was some sort of scene earlier with her being like, man, I don't have any parents. Man, I wish I had a father figure or it, something like that. It as might have like been. Direct on that as that, you know what I'm saying. It might have been. I think I like read it, somewhere that... Something like that was the scene. Because, yeah, otherwise that Lando scene is creepy as fuck. Oh, it definitely is. Because <laughs> it doesn't Also, he sense. moves like an old man where yeah. they don't make him move at all. Right? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, did you notice that um, Kylo Ren Benzel had no lines in the end? <laughs> at the ending fight when he was at um, whatever it was? I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, they don't need him to say anything. Yeah, but to have zero lines? <laughs> you know, not your deathbed? It's awkward, but I think the whole thing is like, let's try to make him look super focused. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or they ran out of ADR budget, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm halfway through my notes here, so... Only halfway? I'm just going to rattle them off here so we yeah, can finish Yeah, we got to get through this. All right, and just give me a bunch of groans, how you think. <laughs> I am Ray Skywalker. Well, stupid. But, again, because I... And I didn't really... I haven't really said this yet, but, like, yeah. The thing about the special thing is that I wanted so badly no names to be involved. And everybody knew. It's like, oh, well, they're going to work her into the family somehow. Mm-hmm. And this is how they did it. But, man, it's totally unnecessary. Or how about just that line? I am a Jedi. I am Iron Man. I am inevitable. Like, I groaned when she said, I yeah. am a Jedi. I was like, oh, God, why? Yeah, like, they could have just, they could have done, they, they didn't have to do any of that. They did not have to. Uh, Death Star on Yavin 4. Even though we saw it literally blow up. <laughs> yeah, no. It doesn't make any sense why there would be pieces in the galaxy. Um, speaking of pieces, all the new ships that, one, the Emperor created, and two, have planet-destroying technology. Sure. You know what? They needed... They needed a reason uh, for for him to be an actual force, and they couldn't like of like of like instant death, and this, that that was their way of making this some sort of stakes that didn't actually feel like stakes. I have a feeling that J.J. Abrams wanted to do another Death Star planet uh-huh. for the Sith, yeah, and someone told him no, we cannot you can't do, that, do again. that again. Yeah, uh, we also have oh yeah, uh, Lando bringing the cavalry. A la Avengers yeah. Endgame style. You, when you brought that up, that I was like, why does this feel like this has been done before? That's why, because it literally had. It also was done <laughs> last year also, with um, yeah. Ready Player One. And man, the name, or the, the line where, what was it? Is like, I forget, but it made me so mad. There's a line that one of the, one of the characters says where it's like, it's like, they're, they're people or something like... I forget uh, what it was. The, uh, like, they don't have any army. They're right. not an army. They're people. They're people. And I'm like, that's the stupidest line in this whole movie. That means nothing. Yeah. Yes, they're people. Of course they're people. <laughs> also, um, this was a treacherous journey to get to the Sith location. Yeah. And yet, everyone makes it through. Yeah, easily. Right. Yeah, that was... A, yeah, and man, to get there was MacGuffin after MacGuffin. Yes, it was also, triple MacGuffin. You didn't need the, the you didn't need two of those navigator things. You only needed one. No, you only needed one. There just happened to be there was only two left. It was a plot device that there was a second one. Yes, technically a third one because yeah. Dio will also knew <laughs> how to do it, true. even though he may or may not have actually been there before. Oh God, who cares? <laughs> <sighs> What a waste of a droid. That thing was a plot, a rolling plot device. Speaking of plot devices, <laughs> Poe getting the captain's coin for no reason. They put, like, they have a scene where they put it in the thing, and then that's it. They don't that's talk it. Just, about it. it was before that, it was, hey, we, we, I, you may need this more than I do. <laughs> coin slot, thanks. Did we need it? <laughs> did yeah, we need did it? we need it? I don't know. It never came up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that goes right into Poe's love interest. Like I, again, though, I liked that character, and I liked the kind of, like, push and pull of their relationship, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, I could see why somebody would be like, eh, does this belong here? Uh, more MacGuffins. The dagger inscription. Eh, ugh. And, and C-3PO won't read Sith. And how at some point she's like, oh, it's a protractor. It, it points to here. Yeah. Wait, when, when was this? That brings me to another thing. Here's this wreckage. Let me sit here in this one specific spot and carve out uh-huh. on this knife <laughs> this this wreckage. Which hopefully the waves won't move all these years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no one will scavenge after all these years. And just hold it up and then... Boop, mm-hmm. yeah. Protractor out to just that knew. location. She just knew. No, yeah. Uh, it just seemed like there was too, too many plot devices in this film. Just too many things that were built for the sole purpose of moving the plot along. Also, C-3PO won't read Sith even though... Yeah. Even though he was not built... He was built by Anakin who became Sith... <laughs> And yet he won't be said. Uh, he was built out of junk parts, so that would have been a great reason for him to bypass that. Like, I was never an official droid. I was built from scrap. It doesn't make any sense why. It's like literally just a thing to impede the plot from mm-hmm. from from proceeding before they want it to. I also thought that might raise the stakes as well, as you're going to wipe away his memory, basically wipe away him as a person. But it didn't. But you did. But no. it didn't, because it came right back. Because, of course, that line about R2-D2 having, like, a backup turned out, yeah, he does, and it's not as unreliable as they made you believe. Also, R2-D2 has fantastic memory banks, as he still yeah. held... In Last Jedi, Last he Jedi. proved that he still had the original recording, recording of, 30 years later. Of Leia. Yeah. yeah. I thought they may have, may have a good joke there where he had a backup, yeah. but it was like back in like the Clone Wars or something. But no. Like, oh, Master Anakin's Darth Vader or something, something. Yeah, and I liked how there was zero payoff for like, some some fan was like, oh, it looks like there's like old droids in that room where that discussion happens about him, about 3PO like losing his memory. Like this has happened before? No payoff at all. No? No. No reference. God. Anyway. Uh, yes, Deus Ex Dio, the new <laughs> yeah. droid. Yeah, he's not even that fun of a character. No. He's fine. I don't know. Uh, the Jedi Temple planet is raised isolation, away from everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn feels the force we went through, yeah. Ray's healing ability. Right. General Poe and Finn immediately get promoted after Leia dies. Well, yeah. Even after in Last Jedi, she, her last command was to <laughs> demote <laughs> Poe. But yeah, but eh. That no one else in that whole army... Um, you could argue that they proved themselves. <sighs> you could argue that. <laughs> right. But it feels like no one promoted them. They just assumed yeah, they the just role. Assumed positions. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of assuming positions, <laughs> Chewbacca gets a medal at the end. For no reason. For no reason. Hey, Leia would have wanted you to have this. Yeah, like, you know, why? You know, she's like, this, this 30, 40 years you've been together... Just now, as she has passed, right. you can have this medal. This weird medal that, uh, who knows what it represents. Um, you know what it represents, right? No. Oh, okay. So, at the beginning of A New Hope, uh, uh-huh. Han gets a medal, uh-huh. and Luke gets a medal, but not Chewbacca. Maybe at the end. At the end, yeah. Oh, you're right! And okay. that's a whole thing that's that really Chewbacca that... never gets a medal. Oh, that's stupid. And that's what that is. I hate it. You hate it more now, don't you? I hate you? it more now. That's what that is. Fan service uh, of Chewbacca never getting a medal. Got he it. got a medal. Got a medal. But after him. Leia died, because she do. never wanted to pin it on him for something. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Ryan, Ryan Johnson's Every From a Painting. 
school of every type of fitting because yeah. it all looks beautiful. Whereas this looks like garbage. It doesn't look like garbage. There's just there, less... are, very, there are very few shots yeah. where I'm like, I love this shot. It does the J.J. Abrams thing, and this was a lot of people's problems about uh, his Star Trek films too. Mm-hmm. Is where it's like, oh, that looked cool for us the whole second that it was on screen. Yes, like yeah, like that whole sequence at near the beginning with them light speed jumping through planet to planet. Yeah, some of those planets looked pretty cool, but did we see them for more than three seconds each? No. Nope. Will we ever see them again? No. Nope. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like last yeah. year, like there's a lot of those still great shots. I would love to frame. Yeah, great shots. I cannot say the same for this film. No, there's I don't remember a whole lot of shots. I mean, yeah, you could probably do uh, some. There's probably some really cool shots at that uh, lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much all I can think of. Basically, if it was a trailer shot, yeah, that was it. That was all I got. J.J. Uh, Abrams fan service writing. We've been right, over. We've been over that. Oh, BB-8's new look. So you know how BB-8. Uh, needs a new look so they sell new toys. That's why the tree <laughs> fell on them and they had to replace sure. that panel. Right. So with that way, it's the uh, Rise of Skywalker droid, not not the Force yeah. Awakens droid. Yeah. Well, they replaced the panel and then re-replaced it and someone forgot to re- replace it because <laughs> they never bring it up again. Silly. It's silly. It definitely is. Um, oh, uh, all Skywalker ghosts should have appeared at the end. Mm-hmm. Both Anakin and uh, Ben. Well, I disagree, but I think that they would have done that. Just that would have just been another feeling of me being like, "Man, of course they did." Okay, well, <laughs> how about this? For of course they did. How does Ray know where the Lars homestead is? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that there was a time skip. That's the way I read that. Is okay. This is the actual last scene of this movie. There must have been time that has passed. She is coming here, clearly got this magic new lightsaber that's hers now. Yes, um, that shows time has passed. So yeah, but. that's what I'm saying. So at some point in between, she probably found out how by looking at records or something of Luke's. Or oh. Ghost Luke told her. I don't know. Okay, Ghost Luke told her to bury his lightsaber at his home. No, I don't think that. I don't think so. Like what I'm saying is she must have had some sort of access to that information. The reason why, at least this is what I want the reason to be, is that she took it upon herself to do that. Basically, thinking about the lessons that she's learned through this whole thing and like, well, like, he's, their legacy is done, basically. It's a passing of the torch, right? Where it's like, their legacy is done. He, he can basically rest in peace now. His mission is over. I'm going to bury this, his, his relic next to his birthplace and I am going to continue on my merry way, like, with, like, the, the torch. I would definitely understand if it was just Luke's lightsaber. <laughs> but why was Leia's lightsaber there? She has no memory or reference to that place. No, but technically family, I guess, technically lived there, Technically, right? I guess. Right? I mean, he is Uncle Owen. Right, they are. So they would be uncle, but related. she has no... Business on Tatooine. No, no, no. Literally ever. I think it just simplifies it. Being like, okay, this is where Skywalkers were. <laughs> there were some Skywalkers here. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, Palpatine surviving Return of the Jedi. Yeah, over. That's, yeah. Palpatine had sex. <laughs> Palpatine clapped ass. Somehow Palpatine's Somehow. own daughter slash son was not forced... Able enough 
to where he needed the granddaughter. Or maybe they rejected it. Maybe they were. Maybe they just were like, we don't want any part of your Star Wars. And so he had no <laughs> contingency plan to have no. another daughter no. or another son or more kids. No, none of it makes sense. Clearly right. he had time to have all the Sith in robes, which we should also bring up. Yeah, who they? Who are they? Who or what are they? I don't know. <laughs> contingency plans? But yet, <laughs> I only have one family lineage. Who are they? Where do they live? What are their daily lives like? Who knows? I mean, clearly he, he was able to create clones because Maybe. he created Snoke. By the way. Yeah. And they do go over that, like, briefly. Like, random resistance dude knows way too much about the Sith in that one scene where he's like, oh, yeah, the the, the, the Sith know all about cloning technology and all this stuff. It's like, how does this dude know all this? Do the Sith know about cloning technology? Because yes. I do believe the Clone Wars were fought with the Jedi side by side with the clones from <laughs> Kamino, commissioned by the Jedi. Yes, but... What I'm saying is, as of that time in the timeline, it is now a Sith thing. It wasn't originally, but it became a Sith thing. I guess is what that guy is saying. But it seems like a throwaway line to explain, like, why oh, definitely he is. to do this? Just because now we associate this with all of the, the bad people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just overall felt like he was forced to be in there. <laughs> nice pun. Yes. Okay. Definitely on the Is there anything the else before we can wrap up? Um... Uh, horses in space, I have here. I liked the horses. I thought it was fine. Um, oh, uh, yes, I have two things. They're kind of big things. Uh, uh one, well, both resulted in nothing, though. Okay. Um, one being that there, the Sith dagger was basically all BS. I think we discussed well, we that. We talked about MacGuffins. We, we all, talked, we talked about all the MacGuffins, yes. Um, Lightspeed skipping. I thought they would bring that back. Nope. It was really just for that sequence. It's literally just for the opening. Just for the sequence. Just for that. They just needed the... another action sequence. I know. Set piece. I know. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of this results back to J.J. Abrams' ser- fan service writing. And we talked about that already. We talked so, about that. So, I don't know. Um, overall, like I said, I think everything I st- said at the top still stands. I think that if you don't think about all the ways in which is it is inferior if you don't like pull on that thread and if you just feel like this they made another star wars movie it does that it does that job mm-hmm. and especially if you're the kind of fan who wanted all that fan service right it does that yeah no it's a good film for the fans yeah. but you gotta be that fan yeah. to fully enjoy it's just it's weird where we're at now star wars has devolved now into this constant argument about semantics because there's no way to make everybody happy and there's no way to make the fans happy ever because fans will dissect whatever you do you want to want to make fans happy made the knights of ren mean something again again it's just another thing where it's like they have elements of stuff that i'm sure was on the cutting room floor or on a script revision somewhere and just they just couldn't make did you want this movie to be four hours that's why they didn't include all of this stuff. <laughs> it's like you cannot do all the stuff that you want to do and make everybody happy with it. No, but I would have liked to at least have like the spy mean something rather than immediately have something interesting and then end it. I know. But Squish yeah. it like a bug. Anyway, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I feel very in the middle about this book. Well, like I've been telling people, it's like Return of the Jedi. 
you may not watch it every single it does time. Feel it did, feel but like it Jedi. has it elements. It felt a lot like uh, 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 the the third uh, episode three too, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, where it felt like we need to power through all this stuff, and so here's a lot of reasons why, for no reason, basically. Here's a lot of tying up the loose ends because we got to do this quick. Well, we have not done this quick. We've talked about Rise of Skywalker for an hour now. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like, the movie yes. did that. But yes, but also true. Okay, well, uh, I'm sure we'll uh, bring the topic back up in our movie wrap-up podcast. At some point. Because it'll have to be discussed. 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 It's somewhere in there. Even if it's not on our top five lists, it'll be brought up. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but until then, though, I think that would... So, on our patented media boat scale, do we even rate this thing? Uh, it's a, you gotta see it for yourself, but I when you see it... I will say it's a safe stream it. When, when you see I'm it, I'm not that. gonna, like, tell you when to see it, but right. it's definitely something yeah. you gotta see for yourself. I think yeah, that means it's a stream it. Not necessarily because we think that you're not gonna like it, you audience member out there. We just think that your money is better spent on a service that you're already paying for that is called Disney+. Plus. And that maybe the, like, hype, maybe, and the... <sighs> well, Christmas came early because Disney Plus would, uh, put The Last Jedi on there. It's not but, on there yet. No, no. It, uh, as of last night. No, it is. I had to watch it on Netflix. It wasn't on our As on of this list. morning, it was. Well, as of today, then. <laughs> as of today, then. Well, as of today, because we checked Disney Plus first, and it wasn't there. I checked this morning, and literally on their banner, it oh. said, watch The Last okay, Jedi. Well, this morning. Anyway, however you watch it, though, um, yeah, uh, I would recommend maybe don't rush out to a theater and see this right away. You'll dodge some crowds that way. Uh, but yeah, uh, see this for yourself if this sound, if you need to finish up Star Wars for yourself. Uh, otherwise, yeah, uh, I'm very middle about this. Middle on a on a five point scale. This is a, uh, a five star scale. This is a three star. That's my opinion. All right, I'll go with that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, this is need to wrap this up. This has been the Meatball Podcast, Thank the you. end of season four. Thank you for listening to us. Yes. We'll be back with season five on a well next Thursday. We'll yes. be back with season five yes. before we get back to regularly scheduled Wednesday broadcasts. Yeah. But you can also catch us um, yeah. on Facebook, the Twitter, yes, uh, Twitch streaming, YouTube streaming. Yep. Just Google search Media Boat Podcast to find everything, yep. or email us at. Podcast at gmail.com. Well, that is true. So, we'll be back in the new year. Or, catch our uh, year-end wrap-up episodes currently in progress. Yes, or, if you're in the future listening to this, they're already up right now. Let's have fun. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.